You are locked on MLB, your daily podcast on Major League Baseball, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On MLB, your daily podcast with news, analysis, opinions, and interviews across baseball to keep you informed on a daily basis. I am your host, Tommy Stokey. This is our first episode on the national show here, Locked On MLB. We do have shows going on across different networks. Eventually, we are going to get all of them covered. Uh, we are part of the Locked On Podcast Network with local experts covering teams in every major market across the NBA, the NFL, and, like I said, a growing team here in Major League Baseball. Today, I want to start off by talking about Jose Altuve, Eugenio Suarez getting extensions, two very different extensions, but both interesting in their own right for a couple different reasons. Um, and then I also want to take a look at some of the odds that uh, Bovada released today for most valuable player and Cy Young, see who might be worth taking, see who the favorites are, who's worth taking a flyer on late. You do want to take gambling advice from me because I have Arizona winning it all in my bracket. They lost their first round by, by 20. I have Wichita State in my final four. They were a double-digit favorite, and they lost, so I think I'm due. But before we get to that, I, I want to talk a little bit about the Locked On Network, what our goals are, and, and what we're trying to do here. We're working up to five episodes a week. We want to be your daily experts. We want kind of short, quick episodes, 20, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, not these hour, hour-and-a-half-long episodes three days a week where they eat into a decent chunk of your time. I mean, some people have time to listen to those, others don't. But if we keep it short and sweet, give you you know the information that you need to to stay informed and you know hopefully entertained on what's going on in baseball, then I feel like we're doing our job. Uh, so far, we've got locked on Angels, locked on Reds. We've got the Cubs, Pirates, Yankees, Orioles, and Twins covered. Uh, we do plan on expanding that. Uh, we're working on that right now. Um, eventually want to get into every market with every team. We'd like to get into fantasy baseball, uh, prospects, drafts, all that stuff. If, if we have experts who want to cover those, I can be reached at Stokey at LockedOnMLB.com. Let's talk and, and see if there's a fit. So we're pretty excited about what's happening here. Uh, pretty exci- you know, uh, We're excited to be part of the – the Lockdown Network, they have it going well in the NBA. They've got it going well in the NFL. So hopefully we can uh, we can be another, another branch of that. All right. The big news in baseball today, two things. One, uh, starting your day off with Eugenio Suarez, the Cincinnati Reds third baseman infielder, agreeing to a seven-year extension with a possible option for an eighth year that includes this year. I broke I broke the terms of that this morning. It was it's interesting from a couple different standpoints. One, Eugenio Suarez isn't an all star, so I don't know that a lot of people outside of baseball he's not he's not necessarily a, a common name, but he's coming off two strong seasons. He was acquired for Alfredo Simon from the uh, the Detroit Tigers, and I know a lot of Tigers fans were looking at that today, saying, oh. Good return or good trade there. We got one year of Alfredo Simon for Eugenio Suarez, who is uh, certainly capable of playing in all-star games and is now a lot richer. 
He signs a seven-year deal, guarantees him $66 million. Again, that includes this year. That's going to cover three arbitration years and then four free agent years, at least. And the team option worth $15 million or a $2 million buyout is for the eighth year, which would be his fifth free agent year. So a couple different ways to, to look at it. One, it does come off as very team-friendly, and I kind of caution that most early extensions do. I don't know if there's ever been an early extension where I've looked at it and said, wow, that's a really bad deal for the team. There's a reason why they are team-friendly, because they are giving the guarantee early to a player and taking on the risk that it doesn't work out. I mean, you could look at John Singleton with the Houston Astros where they guaranteed him you know, $20 million or so, and he had never even played in the majors, and that one didn't work out for him. But most other ones, if the player plays up to his potential, they're going to look back and say, well, I left some money on the table. I mean, look at Madison Bumgarner, Chris Sale, Paul Goldschmidt are some of the ones that, that come to mind. Jose Altuve, a player we'll get to obviously here in a little bit. They never work out well for the player in hindsight if they play well. But I would never be the person to say, wow, I'm criticizing this person for guaranteeing himself $60 million for him and his family. I'm not going to criticize anybody for taking a deal that guarantees them any kind of money. That's just not, I think it's a, a lot different when you'd be in that situation where somebody says, okay, we'll, we'll make sure that you get your $25 million, even if you might be worth 50 75 whatever down the road. So the other part of it is, yeah, it's team friendly in the sense that, you know, they're going to, they're not, they're going to pay him under 10 million a year on average for the next seven or eight years. But from Suarez's point of view, in addition to having that guarantee now, his free agent years would be covered. You'd be looking at four years, 43 million. If you look at how it's, how it's broken down. And if the options picked up, you're looking at five years, fifty-eight million. How many free agents this offseason got a five-year deal worth fifty-eight million, or a four-year deal worth forty-three million? So, even in that instance, it's still a good guarantee to have because that's not something that players were getting this offseason. And I understand that it's wrong, and I understand that we hope that that changes and players get more of what they're worth, but. The way the CBA is set up, teams aren't paying for the back end of players' careers. So a 29 at, at the time that Suarez was going to be a free agent, he would have been 29, turning 30 that summer. Are people going to give him a big deal for what figures to be the the downside of his career? This offseason would suggest no, they were not. So he still guarantees himself that $40 million, which he might not have gotten anyway if things stay the same way. If I was an agent, I would strongly look at doing things similar to this if I have those players in the the middle tier, and I think saying Suarez is that middle tier, he's not been an all-star yet, is fair. So if I was an agent, I'd be looking at more stuff like that if that my player was going to be a free agent before the new CBA before the CBA can be renegotiated which i believe is 2021 december of 2021 
So if my guy's up before then, I might say, look, let's lock in and get you guaranteed money before then because there is a chance that you hit free agency and it's not what we thought it was going to be. Obviously, that differs from player to player and, and situation to situation. And, and maybe we learn next offseason when you know the Dodgers, the Yankees, teams that have been saving money to, to be under the, the luxury tax number, they come out and spend a bunch of money. Maybe it's totally different. Maybe this was a one-year thing, and maybe it's back to normal next year. I don't think so, because paying a 26-year-old Manny Machado or a 26-year-old Bryce Harper isn't the same as paying a 31-year-old or a 32-year-old a a five- or six-year deal. So those times appear to be over. So I think it's a good deal for Suarez. You know, the other thing. 367 on base last year was by far his career high. He had been around a 310, 315 guy. 26 home runs, career high. So he's coming off his best year of his career. You parlay that into some sort of guarantee if you're him. And I don't think it's a big loss from if he would have tested, if he would have made it to free agency. It's hard to see him getting a deal so much better than what he got that it wouldn't end up being worth it. So on the other end is Jose Altuve, an all-star, a an MVP, five-time all-star, an MVP, finished three, third in MVP voting in 2016. According to John Heyman, five years, $151 million, which will begin in, in 2020. So this one's a little different in the sense that you have a superstar player, you have a Scott Boris client, Scott Boris usually doesn't like to do early extensions. He's always wanted to go to free agency and and get that bidding process going, but I think it's more than fair to say that bit him this year with uh, Jake Arrieta, Mike Moustakis, J.D. Martinez didn't get the deal that he thought he was going to get. You know, there's no huge groundbreaking record-setting deal this year, and so, you know, Greg Holland's still out there. I mean, there's, there's numerous of them. So interesting that we take Altuve, an early extension. Steven Strasburg got one under Scott Boris, but this works out for Altuve because, I mean, how much better are you going to get than, than $30 million a year when you're a free agent at, at 30 So from 30 to 34 he's going to make $30 million a year. Again, what? how much is he actually risking? I think it's – it's a very good deal for him now to, to lock that in, especially after the extension that he signed, which is the most team-friendly deal maybe ever. Four years, $12 million. He's got two team options, but he's making like $6 million this year. And there's a lot to be – there's a lot said about that deal. And from what I've heard about that deal, how it was worked out, he, he wanted the – the money early. He wanted the early extension. Um, and he basically met with Astros general manager, Jeff Luna one-on-one and kind of made that deal on his own. So when he's the one that says, I want this deal, when you're his agent, you have to say, okay. And so with Scott Boris, if, Al- if Jose Altuve goes to you and says, I don't want to wait, I want my deal now, go make it happen. He has to, to make that happen, and Scott Boris did a very good job in this in this case, getting him thirty million a year, thirty to thirty four. So, I don't know that in the next couple of years these top level guys are going to 
do similar moves. But I mean, again, if you can get thirty million a year and guarantee yourself that, I don't know what you're what you're going to wait for. I think Jake Arrieta could have got a really good deal after a Cy Young year. Again, capitalizing on what he uh, on hit the best year of his career and parlay that into a guarantee. He didn't, and he got twenty five million a year, but only three years, seventy five million. So. I think the top guys, if they're going to be young, are still going to risk it and try to get to, to free agency because they're going to get paid no matter what. I think guys like Suarez are going to see more and more of these middle-tier kind of deals where you might look at it and say, wow, that team is buying out a lot of free agent years and you don't have the, the opportunity to cash in big. But if the opportunity isn't there anyway, then uh, you know what's the difference? So the big thing here is Suarez wanted the deal and the agent works for the player. And so the agent went and made a deal happen. The same thing for Altuve. I'm sure he said, I want to redo my deal. I want to make sure I have it. Players might start getting scared after seeing that. And you might start seeing more of these. So before getting into award picks, we've got some, some housekeeping to go over. If your company might be interested in reaching sports fans, baseball fans, podcast fans, my mom and dad, contact me today to talk about advertising on Lockdown MLB. My email is stokey at lockdownmlb.com. Our rates are very reasonable, and I will probably buy your product if you do advertise. So there's your first sale. Speaking of sale, well, that wasn't planned, and this is going to be embarrassing when I do this, but speaking of sale, Chris Sale is favored to be the American League Cy Young winner. Clayton Kershaw favored to be the National League Cy Young winner. Let me get this list up in front of me so I can see it. Uh, Mike Trout, the favorite for AL MVP, and Bryce Harper, the favorite for NL MVP. So let's start with MVP. I want to go through this list. These are listed, or these are given out by Bovada. Bryce Harper is your favorite at 3-1. to one. He already has one MVP. Injuries have kind of cost him, you know, last year. Injuries hurt him. Had a good MVP um, argument last year, if, but I think he was listed only limited to like 111 games. Uh, 2016, he battled what I believe was a shoulder injury that he played through and, and didn't have the same year that he had in 2015 when he won it. So he's your favorite ahead of Noel, or Chris Bryant, who a lot of people said he had a down year last year when really his numbers were pretty much in line with what they were when he won the MVP. Behind him you have Nolan Arenado at five to one. Chris Bryant four to one. Nolan Arenado five to one. Arenado always gets dinged for hitting in course field. I don't know if that will necessarily ever change, but he's always seems to be in the top five, at least recently. Paul Goldschmidt eight to one. Joey Votto eight to one. Votto second last year. Paul Goldschmidt I think probably would have won it, but he had a really bad September kind of uncharacteristic for him, and, and it didn't hurt the D-backs because they had J.D. Martinez, who had, like, the best September, August ever. So those are your top five. Going down the list, I'm um, just going to go through some of these names quickly and then get into to what I think some of the interesting cases are. Cody Bellinger, 10-1. to 1, Corey Seager, 15-1. to 1, Anthony Rizzo, 18-1. to 1, Charlie Blackman, 25-1. to 1, you have Yoannis Cespedes, Clayton Kershaw, Anthony Rendon, all at 30 to 1. Max Scherzer, 35 to 1. Freddie Freeman, Marcelo Zuna, Justin Turner, all 40 to 1. 
Eric Hosmer, Buster Posey are both 50 to 1. Uh, Daniel Murphy, 80 to 1. Trey Turner, 80 to 1. Jay Bruce, Lorenzo Kane, Jake Lamb, Evan Longoria, 100 to 1. Also 100 to 1. Will Myers, Tommy Pham, Yasiel Puig, Kyle Schwarber, and Ryan Zimmerman. And then your long shot here at 250 to 1, Ronald Acuna Jr. So we'll start with Acuna, who, I mean, bet a coffee on him at, for 250 to 1. Can't hurt if he comes in like Cody Bellinger did. I mean, you assume he's going to come up in two and a half, three weeks when the season starts. If he's Cody Bellinger and has a chance at it, then okay, you risk five bucks. So, sure, why not? Throw it on him. A couple more, I guess, reasonable selections. Joey Votto, 8-1. to one. Joey Votto had a really good case this year, and Giancarlo Stanton won. But I think when you look at Votto and – if he has another really good year, people will say, wow, I think he should have won it last year. Let's give it to him this year kind of thing. And whether that's right or wrong, we're talking with human beings that do this voting. And I think that that certainly can enter the mind of some of them. So I think at 8-1, to one, when you look at the people ahead of him and you look at the odds, I like his chances because people say, okay, two years in a row, he's been around for a while, let's, let's give him this one. Um, and I can see him deserving it like he did last year. Going down, I think Anthony Rizzo at 18 to 1. You have the Cubs. The, the shine is kind of worn off the Cubs. So, again, we're kind of playing with narratives here. But the, the shine's worn off them. Chris Bryant's already won one. If the Cubs are really good again, I think you look at Anthony Rizzo having a big year and being the guy that hasn't won the MVP and, you know. People like the, the new thing and the, the shock value, and they don't like – I mean, look at Mike Trout. Mike Trout should be MVP every year, but people want to do something different sometimes. So that's where I think Rizzo at 18-1 to 1 is a pretty good shot. Freddie Freeman at 40-1. to 1, This one's going to be tough because the Braves probably aren't going to be very good. You know, maybe their best-case scenario, they're around 500, maybe. Best-case scenario, everybody plays like they can. You're probably looking at, you know, 75 wins or so. And so it's tough. Joey Votto had the same problem, too. That is tough to win. Well, I'm going to contradict myself because Stanton on the Marlins won. But usually, sometimes, tough to win when your team's not very good. That's changing here a little bit as as people get smarter and the voters get more educated. But winning still matters to some. But Freeman's a guy that seems to have the numbers. If the lineup is better around him, he'll have better counting stats and, and numbers that people are going to look at. So I think he could be an interesting option there at 40-1. to one. And then the last National League <clears throat> MVP winner or candidate, if I'm looking at this group at 100-1, to one, I guess I would look at Lorenzo Cain because he's the new guy with the Brewers. He can put up a 5 or 6 war. If the Brewers are good, he's going to be one of the new guys, and I'm sure going to get credit for it, and, you know, that is deserving. So maybe you throw something on him if he's your Brewer, if the Brewers are good. If you're looking for long shots, you're kind of looking for storylines. You're looking for teams that are going to be better than maybe people think. You're looking for teams that are going to be good and who's going to be good on those teams. Outside of Christian Yelich, Lorenzo Cain should be the best player offensively on that team, unless I'm missing somebody obvious that I don't think I am because Ryan Braun, this is a couple of years ago, so he's he might be a part-time player the way that they're going to work out their outfield and uh, first base. So let's look at the American League. 
Mike Trout at nine to four is your favorite, and if there is a favorite, and I really don't like taking small odds, but Mike Trout should be the MVP every year, and as long as he's healthy, he's should win it. So I'd probably throw something on Mike Trout at nine to four. Carlos Correa twelve to one. I guess we didn't go through this list, but I'm not gonna because there's a ton of names. Carlos Correa twelve to one. Altuve six to one. Altuve already won it again. So again, if, if Carlos Correa takes that leap and if the Astros are really good, he could be the name that, that comes in for it. I think you'll also have Altuve kind of campaigning for him to win. So maybe you get a little campaign there. Uh, I would take Carlos Correa 12 to 1. He's also grouped in with uh, Stanton and Francisco Lindora 12 to 1. Uh, let's go down this list a little bit. <clears throat> Judge eighteen to one, Donaldson and Machado both twenty to one, Mookie Betts twenty five to one. My next pick would be JD Martinez at twenty five to one. I guess we could go Betts too, but JD maybe gets dinged if he has to play if he is a designated hitter and doesn't play defense. But if he puts up big numbers like he has, and again he's the new guy, and if Boston's still good, I'd look at I'd look at JD. That would have been a guy that I would have paid for if I was Arizona, and I think they were more interested than I thought they they would be. Uh, your first pitcher is Chris Sale at fifty to one. I wouldn't take him. Um, let's see. I guess when you get down to the hundred to ones, you have Adrian Beltre, Andrew Benintendi, Xander Bogarts, Alex Bregman, Adam Jones, Shohei Otani, Kyle Seeger, and the guy that I would take is Byron Buxton. Again, Twins, new player, something different. He can help you in a bunch of ways. He plays good defense. That's something that people look at now. He's the guy that out of that group that I would take I would take the flyer on. Cy Young. Let's see here. National League Cy Young, your favorite is Clayton Kershaw. Seven to four. I wouldn't take so the top three, Kershaw, Scherzer, and Syndergaard. I wouldn't take any of those. I guess Syndergaard if you want, because if he's healthy, he could be up there. But my first pick would be Madison Bumgarner at 15 to 1. Last time he was healthy in 2016, he finished fourth. So, I mean, he's got as good a shot at any at 15-1. to 1. I think you look at you Darvish at 20-1 to 1 with the Cubs. With the Cubs' defense behind him and his stuff, if he can keep up his strikeout numbers and then he has a really good defense behind him, you can see a good ERA. Better numbers there, so he certainly has the potential to do it. Um, Robbie Ray at 30-1. to 1. Again, another strikeout guy. Maybe the humidor helps him a little bit. The one thing I would be concerned about with Robbie Ray, and this is kind of fantasy relevant too, I guess, is he stranded a ton of base runners last year, and that's something that I don't know that you can do again. So I would take the chance at thirty to one. Zach Greinke's also thirty one, but you know he's already banged up a little bit, and you know who knows? He's as good as any. But Robbie Ray would be my shot there. Uh, interesting that Aaron Nola is forty-one, Jake Arrieta fifty to one. So new Philly Jake Arrieta isn't doesn't have as good of odds as uh, his new teammate Aaron Nola. Uh, who else we got? I guess then my long shot here at one hundred to one would be Kenley Jansen, because if there's going to be a reliever, and sometimes there are, and he's one of the best, why not take him? Otherwise, outside of those top three and outside of the guys I named, I don't know that I see anybody else. Jumping in that group. And then the Cy Young, Chris Sale. I would take Chris Sale at 9-4 to four because you look at these candidates and, 
again, there's a lot of question marks and a lot that don't really jump out at me. So Chris Sale, the favorite, he amazingly, Chris Sale's never won the Cy Young. I know he played for the White Sox for a long time, but he's finished in the top six the last six years, second last year. So I would take Chris Sale. After him, you have Kluber, Carlos Carrasco, Justin Verlander, Luis Severino at 12-1. to 1. I just – a young guy and coming off that full season and as good as he was and as much better as he was last year compared to the year before, I just I'd probably sit that one out. Garrett Cole, Dallas Keuchel 20-1, David Price 20-1. to 1. I would take James Paxton at 22-1 to 1 with the Mariners. It's going to come down to health, but – you know, he could be a new somebody that's new and kind of jumps out at, at voters and be like, wow, you know, a, a different name. Let's let's go with that. And he could put up big strikeout numbers and, you know, if Seattle's good and maybe that's a surprise, then, again, you have that narrative factor going for him. Marcus Stroman, Barrios, Sonny Gray, Otani, Tanaka, Archer. Archer 40-1, to 1, I think that's where – the name is going to jump out and say, really, 41 for Chris Archer? I would take that, but I'm not so sure. Cole Hamill's another name that's going to be better than his case at 40-1. to Really, I'm not going to take anybody else until Craig Kimbrell at 100-1. to And maybe that's a better bet because, I mean, outside of Sale and Kluber, are there any of these other guys locks to be in there? I don't know. So if it's going to be a year where there's no – necessarily dominant guy that's when a reliever is going to jump in there and that's when Craig Kimbrell at 100 to 1 the best reliever in the American League in a really good situation in Boston could uh could jump in there so those are kind of some of my thoughts and you know we'll, we'll see what happens and I'm sure more of these will come out you'll have rookie of the year I suppose but Bovada does a good job at sending stuff out like this they do some cool ones around the trade deadline and so We'll try to incorporate that. I think that you know sports betting, uh, as it becomes potentially legal, I think it's kind of an underserved market. So I'm not going to pretend like we're not doing it wherever we are, and it's not relevant. So we'll we'll talk about plenty of that stuff here on uh, Locked On MLB. So this was our first episode. We'll be back on on Monday for another episode. If you're if you're listening to this over the weekend, uh, we will be on iTunes eventually. We got to get a few of these episodes here in the can. Uh, Stitcher, Google Play, uh, Spotify, all that stuff. All of our other podcasts are on there, so go check those out. Again, we're trying to keep these short. I know we're going over 25 minutes here, but uh, we'll get some interviews and some guests. I'm open to feedback. You can follow me on Twitter at Tommy. and uh, thanks for listening.